Attention crew, this is your Captain Caliban speaking. This is a supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals, where we bring you news and tidbits from the world of Trek, also interviews with special guests, and a few little surprises along the way. And the surprise this week is, no surprise. Well, that's not true, actually. There's a surprising amount of Star Trek news that's come out in the past week, and let's not waste any time getting to it. Discovery news. So much Discovery news. Sonequa Martin-Green has long been rumored to be playing the main character of Discovery, known only as number one. Until now! Martin-Green has been officially added to the cast, and her character's name has been revealed to be First Officer Michael Burnham. Uh, Michael Burnham. First Officer is her rank. Probably not her name. Christian name. But First Officer of what? It has not been confirmed that she's a member of the Discovery's crew. And another ship, the USS Shenzo, has been referenced in earlier Discovery news updates. But she's totally the first officer of the Discovery, right? I mean, that's that's what it is under Captain Jason Isaacs, right? That's what it's going to be. Martin Green's involvement in Discovery has been a terribly kept secret, as we've known for a while that she was connected to the production. She was even spotted in a picture from Discovery co-star Chris Obie's Instagram, where she and her husband were having dinner in Toronto, where the show's filming, with Isaacs, Michelle Yeoh, Doug Jones, Shahad Latif, and it's James Frain's birthday, and wow, there's a lot of talent at that table, and I'm glad everything went well. They're one red tide away from the whole show going down. Plus, who picks up the check in that scenario? Sinequa's got that, that walking dead money, that walking around dead money, so maybe she did? Speaking of Walking Dead, it generally acknowledged that Paramount waited this long to announce her involvement until her time on Walking Dead was done. So, spoilers, I guess, for The Walking Dead, if you can put two and two together. But seriously, it's The Walking Dead. The actress' contracts are printed on flash paper. Moving on from close-up magic references, I mentioned Chris Obi earlier. He's playing the Klingon, oh boy, Takuvma? Takuvma. Nice to meet you on Discovery, but he may be playing the clingiest of the Klingons. Star Trek Discovery writer Aaron Harberts referred to Obi's character on the show as the, quote, king of Klingons. And Obi jumped on Twitter to say that he was maybe the chancellor. Oh, boy. And then he followed it up by tweeting, quote, to be or not to be the king of all Klingons. That is the question, end quote. So. What's going on here? <laughs> Early reports say that Obi's character, <clears throat> Takuvma Gesundheit, will be trying to unite the Klingon Empire, which seems like a chancellor's role. Of course, look where it got Gorkon and Gauron. Speaking of which, I'm just saying, David Warner's still with us. Yeah, I, I know he's older now, but Klingons wear a ton of makeup anyway. You have a chance here to do something amazing, Discovery. Bring back Gorkon. While we're at it, somebody chased down Christopher Plummer and put a complete works in his hand, and let's get that going, too. Bears, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica, and now you can add Batleth to that list. Give me a break. I, I needed a B word. Um, <clears throat> Rain Wilson, former star of The Office, has been cast as 23rd century con artist Harry Mudd in Star Trek Discovery, a role originally played by Roger C. Kermel in two episodes of the original series and an episode of the animated series, and a stupid oblique reference in Star Trek Into Darkness. That's all we know right now, though I smell a fat suit in Wilson's future, just guessing. Mudd's plots tend to involve him exploiting women, sometimes robot women, and passing around love potions, so good luck Discovery writers in mining some sensitivity out of that. We've bemoaned on the show previously the fact that it's unlikely the Deep Space Nine, the Deep Space Nine, will ever see an HD remaster like the one Next Generation got due to it being really expensive 
and really of questionable benefit to the studio. But one talented and ambitious fan has taken it upon himself to give some of the battle scenes from DS9 a facelift. If you search YouTube for the IRML, that's the whole title, the space IRML, you can see some of his work. I'm just assuming it's a guy. It could be a woman. Who knows? Uh, There aren't many scenes, and some of them were posted several years ago, uh, but there are a few recent ones, and they're gorgeous. And I think it's a real good proof of concept that DS9 should get the HD treatment. Let's get this guy a GoFundMe or something like that. Stat. I love George Takei, and I get really happy when I talk about him. And that's going to propel me through this next bit of news, which is exciting and sobering in equal amounts. Takei is inked to deal with IDW Comics to create an autobiographical graphic novel about his childhood experiences in a Japanese-American internment camp during World War II. When Takei was five years old, he and his family were relocated to internment camps in Arkansas and California thanks to FDR's Executive Order 9066, which authorized the internment of over 100,000 Japanese-Americans, which... Terrible. It's terrible. So... Takei has in the past starred in the musical Allegiance by J. Kuo Marcosito and Lorenzo Theon, which is also based on his family's experience of relocation. So hopefully this will this will be good. Um, you know, good, informative, reflective, but good. There's no word on who's doing the art duties, but I promise a review of the graphic novel once it's released next year. And finally, <laughs> don't you just hate April Fool's Day, especially on the Internet? Isn't it the worst? Oh, oh, a drug discovered that makes dogs live forever. April Fools! <laughs> Your dog is definitely going to die someday. Deep Space Nine's getting an HD remaster. Ha <laughs> ha! April Fools, good luck trying to keep your VHS collection intact for another 25 years. Well, April Fool's Day brought Trek novel fans some alarming news that turned out to be greatly exaggerated. It was announced on April 1st by StarTrek.com that the writing partnership of Dayton Ward future guest of this show, and Kevin Dilmore, future potential guest on this show, Kevin, call me, was over. Ward and Dilmore have written a bunch of Starfleet Corps of Engineers and Star Trek Vanguard books together, and it looked like the bagpipes were playing Amazing Grace for their continued collaboration until Ward took to his blog, The Fog of Ward, at Dayton Ward, wordpress.com. I see you did there, Dayton. Hey, um, what about WordPress? at wordpress.com. Just a thought. Uh, Anyway, it's not true. They're still together. The epic bromance continues. So thanks, StarTrek.com. May the bird of paradise fly up the nose of the great bird of the galaxy or something. Just stick to journalism. And reporting from my home on Glasshouse Island, this show is guilty of a little bit of April Fool's shenanigans itself. If you didn't hear it or you skipped over it in your feed, and I guess I couldn't blame you, we released an episode on April 1st of an enterprising individual's like show called LCPOD, which went into excruciating detail about the 80s cop show T.J. Hooker, starring, of course, William Shatner. So yeah, thanks for indulging us a little there. (laughs) I do actually really like T.J. Hooker, and T.J. Hooker is almost as present in my mind as Star Trek is when I think about my media history with William Shatner. Um, we tried to be as straight-faced as possible uh, with it, and we did really do a lot of research into the episode uh, and the show itself. So, you know, we were taking our humor very seriously, which is always a good move, I guess. Uh, but hopefully you can still get something out of it and enjoy it. Uh, I want to thank former show guest Alan Gratz for helping come up with the concept and co-hosting the episode. And you can see the episode, uh, Vengeance is Mine, starring Leonard Nimoy along with William Shatner. It's available on, I think, like Crackle or something, or maybe Daily Motion. Uh, you could, you know, just Google Vengeance is Mine. Uh, and you can find it, T.J. Hooker. But anyway, uh, thanks again to Alan Gratz. We now return to our regularly scheduled programming. Until next April Fool's, when this show will become a Barbary Coast podcast.
Barbary Coast cast. Coast, coast, pod coast. Which leads us to our top comment this week from social media, which comes from Mike, who is on Twitter at at Jarek, J-A-R-R-A-K. Mike was posting in response to our April Fool's prank, and his tweet says, I listened a few days too late, but with appreciation for the effort involved, smiley face. And he references us and also Saturday Morning Trek from Trek FM, the network, which is not to be named unless they want to take me on board. And uh, I guess they did a uh, they did the Star Wars holiday special, uh, the cartoon part of that. So, haha, I guess it's about as many haha's as we should have gotten. But anyway, uh, thanks for your comment, Mike. Mike is a podcaster himself. He's the co-host of Gatecast. Uh, you guessed it, Stargate and Stargate Universe podcast, which you can check out at gatecast.co.uk. They just covered uh, Epilogue, the final episode of Stargate Universe, so I'm not sure if they're going to keep going, uh, if they're still going, but I hope they are. And you should check out their website, or you can check them out on iTunes as well. Thanks again, Mike. You win a crab dinner for two at Cisco's in the 24th century. Remember, listeners, you can join in on the conversation and maybe have your comment read on the air. Just go to facebook.com forward slash E-I-S-T-P-O-D or find us at at E-I-S-T-P-O-D on Twitter or through our social media links on enterprisingindividuals.com. You can also reach the show at E-I-S-T-P-O-D at gmail.com with feedback and suggestions or just to say hello. We're waiting to receive your transmission. I'd also like to direct your attention to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash E-I-S-T-P-O-D. We work hard to bring you an entertaining and informative and sometimes T.J. Hooker show every week. And if this was the 24th century where money didn't exist, we'd do it merely for the sense of satisfaction. But this is the 21st century and everything costs something, it seems. So if you enjoy the show, you want to help out, keep it flying, please check our Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash E-I-S-T-P-O-D. We have many tiers, we call them ranks, at which you can contribute with different benefits and there are prizes and rewards you can receive in addition to knowing that you're contributing to something you love and you're part of a larger community anything you contribute would be appreciated thanks while we're talking other podcasts rule number one of podcasting don't send people to other podcasts but i don't care i appeared recently on a local podcast called the extreme tasting league scotch podcast it's at scotch you know how it's spelled dot xtl podcast one word dot com the host of the xtl podcast perrin and cedius were kind enough to let me join them uh for two shows episode 101 which is available now episode 102 which will be available in the future and here's what they do they taste scotches i mean you get it um they've been doing this for a while now like almost five years i think so all the old McAllens and all your old standbys and your Glenfiddichs, those have gone down the drain long, long ago. And they are getting into some really weird areas of the Scotch world. I don't know anything about Scotch, um, but I'm glad that they let me uh, stop by and have my mouth taste like a swamp was on fire. No, no, it's they're, they're good. They're delicious. And we tasted a couple different ones. So you can check out that show. Again, it's at scotch.xtlpodcast.com. And I wanted to mention quick that two-time show guest David Mack, best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author, David Mack has a new book out called Control. It is a Section 31 novel. It features Julian Bashir. He's always trying to get those Section 31 guys. He's trying to get them. Uh, but this time, one thing is for certain, the price of victory will be paid with Bashir's dearest blood. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, it's out very recently. You can go to Amazon.com, search for probably David Mack. He's got an author page, but also search Section 31 Control to get more information about that. Check it out. Pick it up. Dave's a great guy, great author, so check out Control. 
And that is it for this supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals. If you're an iTunes listener and you haven't yet, why not look us up on iTunes and make sure that you're subscribed to the show? Also, write a little review if the spirit moves you and give us a rating at the very least. We'd appreciate it. If you're not on iTunes, you can still subscribe to the show on Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get the show from. And if you leave positive comments and ratings on those platforms as well, you can also follow us on many of those platforms. We'd be eternally grateful. Next time on Enterprising Individuals, a transporter malfunction sends Kirk and crew to an alternate dimension where the Federation is the Terran Empire. Everybody's mean, and Spock has a goatee. Jonathan Lane of the website Fan Film Factor joins me to talk about an iconic episode of Star Trek Mirror Mirror with special guest Jaden Lane. And until then, I'm your Captain Caliban signing off and saying, live long and prosper. <laughs>